Well, greetings and welcome to the podcast that we call Time in God's Word. And this is David Carnes, and we begin another week together. And what a blessing to be with you. But now, as we get back together today, I'm going to begin a series that we are going to call The Principles of God's Love. And we're going to spend the next few weeks just walking through the fourth chapter of 1 John. Specifically, we're going to spend our time in verses 7 through 21. And this is a part of the Apostle's letter in which John speaks of love. And what is so interesting about this is that John is speaking about the love that comes from God. Now, not the love of this world, not a physical or an emotional love, not a love of attraction or even a friendship kind of love, but a love of the will, a sacrificial love. As a matter of fact, John even refers to this love as a perfect love or a perfected love, a love really that cannot be improved upon. But as we walk through this text, what we're going to find is that John describes this love. And again, he gives principles concerning this love. And so once again, I I want you to get ready for this walk through this very unique piece of scripture. And I want you to get ready for some great lessons on God's love. This love, again, that the Christian and only the Christian possesses. Again, as John describes it, this perfect or he also says perfected love. And so if you have your Bible close by, go ahead now, take it, open it up to 1 John chapter 4. And today our focus is going to be really one verse, verse 7, as we spend time in God's Word. As I begin this morning, let me just say this, and that is the greatest of all human desires. The one desire that the heart constantly cries out for more than anything, it's love. It's love. Now, if you don't believe me, just think of a few things here. But first of all, think of all the love songs that have been written over time. I mean, you listen to any song, the vast majority have themes that revolve around what? Love. Think about literature. Think about all the books that have as their theme love. Think about all all the love novels. Maybe you've read one of them. But all the love novels that have been written over the years. And we can't stop there. But think of all the plays and all of the films that have been produced over the years and how so many times the arts revolve around the theme of what? Love. Hey, listen to me on this. If you have the Hallmark Channel on your television, you know this. That, if you're not familiar with it, let me give you an update. That is a network that shows movies. One movie after another, right? And each movie has the theme of what? Love. Every movie that the Hallmark Channel presents ends in the same way. And you know this if you watch it. The man always marries the woman at the end. That's how it ends. I mean, you know that going right into it. 30 seconds. There's your man. There's your woman. Two hours from now, they're going to be married. It's the Hallmark Channel. It's the theme. And it's always love. And that is what our greatest desire is. And again, that theme It is love. But now with that said, that desire is love. But now with that said, let me say that this is the topic of the text that we have before us this morning. As we enter into what John has to write about, John again turns his attention to love. 
By the way, this is not the first time that John has addressed the topic of love in this letter. You might remember that on two separate occasions prior to this, he has addressed this topic. He first addressed it, and I'll just give it to you, but he first addressed the topic of love back in chapter 2, verses 7 through 11. John also took up the topic of love back in chapter 3, verses 10 through 15. And let me say this, but this is how John tends to operate, and that is John, throughout this letter, this is what he does. He will address a topic, he'll write about it, then he'll go to another topic, write about it, go to another topic, write about it, and then, using a popular term of the day, he will then circle back. And he'll circle back to that topic that he addressed earlier on in the letter. And that's what we see with him here in the topic of love. Again, he's already addressed it twice. What's he doing now? He's circling back. And he's picking up the topic of love once again. And let me just say this, but so many times, and this is how it works, but as he circles back and he picks up the topic again, the third time now that he looks at love, he just gets deeper into it. As a matter of fact, he writes at greater length than at any other time about love as he has prior in the letter. Because he starts in verse number 7 and he goes to the end of the chapter, which is the end of verse 21, and it's all about love. But I want us to know that John, in this final part of chapter 4, as he writes regarding love, but John writes regarding a certain kind of love, and you need to hear this on the front end. The kind of love that he writes about here is a love that he calls a perfected love. It is a love that he calls a perfect love. This is how he says it. And by the way, in the final part of this chapter, chapter 4, on four different occasions... John uses the word perfected or perfect to speak of the love that he is writing about at this point. For example, you see this word at the end of verse 12. You also see it in verse 17. And on two occasions in verse number 18, you see the word perfected or perfect when he's talking about this love. But now I bring this up on the front end of all this because I want us to go into our study this morning with an understanding of this perfective love, this perfected love that John writes about here. And what we need to do at this point is simply get a grasp of the word perfected or the word perfect. The word in the Greek is the word teleo. The word simply means complete. The word means whole. The word means something that cannot be improved upon. That's what the word means. By the way, Jesus used a form of this word from the cross. He, he said, tell A-O, when he said, it is finished. Do you remember that? The last words out of his mouth on the cross, it is finished. He said, tell A-O. And as Jesus took his final breath from the cross, this is what he was simply saying. He was simply saying, what I have done can, it cannot be improved upon. That's what he meant. What I have done, it cannot be added to. It is finished. It is complete. My sacrifice, my death covers your sin. Come to me for salvation and me alone. What I have done cannot be added to or improved upon. Teleu. And so when Jesus, I'm sorry, when John speaks of love in this final part of chapter 4, all through this text, what he's speaking of is a love that cannot be added to. It cannot be improved upon. It is perfect. It is complete. But now, with all that being said, let me, if I may then, just get us into the Scripture. And again, we're looking at love. This complete, this perfect love, this love of God. And if you're a note taker, this is how you can entitle your notes. This is what we're going to be calling the message today and the 
subsequent messages that will follow. We're going to call them the principles of perfect love. And let me do this again. We're walking just through the first two verses of the text this morning, 7 and 8, verses 7 and 8 is what we're going to do. Only have time to bring out one of the points this morning. And let me say this point that we're going to bring out this morning, look at it basically as an introduction to the text. Kind of gets us going, kind of like an introduction. But verses 7 and 8, 1 John chapter 4. Let me read these two verses, then we'll start walking through them this morning. John writes this. He writes, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. Now, Again, this portion of the text, it starts off, and you can note, it is about this love. And so, with point number one then, here it is. Perfected love comes from God. That's number one. All that is perfect, all that is complete, it comes from God, right? Everything does. And so, this is what we see John, as John begins to write this dissertation on this perfected love, we can note then that all that is perfect comes from God, including this perfected love. Now, look at verse 7, and let's just start walking through it. You see the first word in the text, and this is, again, John writing. He writes, beloved. Now, just stop right there. We have seen this word on more than one occasion in this letter. I think it's time that we kind of just dissect it for a moment. But, again, on more than one occasion, we've seen John refer to the church in this way, and this is a word that he uses to refer to Christians. If John were standing here today, you shouldn't be surprised if he said, Hi, beloved. When referring to the church, when referring to Christians, he uses this word. Again, remember, he's speaking to Christians. But let me just focus on the word. The word beloved in the Greek is the word agapetas. It is agapetas. I bring this out because this is a word that finds its roots in the word agape. And as we go through this scripture this morning, we're going to see the word agape. We're also going to see another word similar, agapeo. This word for love in the Greek language, this this word for love that comes from God. Agape is from God. It is not something that is invented by the world. It is from God. And as we go through this, we're going to find that agape, and hear me on this very carefully, agape is not an emotional love, has nothing to do with emotion. It is not a sexual love. It is not a physical love. It's not even a friendship kind of love. But we've got to remember that agape is a love. Here's what it is. It is a love that is selfless. It is a love that always puts others before yourself. It is a sacrificial love. You'll hear it said sometimes that agape is a love of the will. It is a love of action. It is something that you do. And what John says as he addresses the church, as he refers to them... He actually says agapetas to them, referring to them as agapetas. Beloved, he's saying, I know you possess agape. That's what he's saying. You possess this love that is from God. You possess this love that God manufactures, and it is this selfless love. It is this sacrificial love. And by the way, it is if it's from God and if it's in you, it is habitual as well. It is a constant part of your life. It is a love that defines you. And so I want you to see this as we look at this word beloved here. This is intentional. This is intentional on John's part. He just doesn't throw it out there flippantly. He is saying, beloved, I know you possess agape. 
You are the people who love sacrificially. That's what he's saying. But then you move on. You move on in the text. So we have beloved there. And so he goes on to say beloved. And note next, he says, let us love one another. You see that, right? Now we stop there. Now again, the Christian possesses this agape love, this sacrificial love. And note that John presses the point here when he says, let us love one another. Again, the word love. Now you see the word love there. That is agape. Specifically, it is agapeo, a form of agape. And John is simply saying, if you are true, if you are a Christian, then you will sacrificially and you will selflessly love one another, each other. You will be there for your brother and your sister in Christ. That is specifically what he is saying there. When others have need, you will be there to assist. You will be there to help. And again, the emphasis where John writes here, the emphasis here is on loving other Christians, right? That's the emphasis. You remember, by the way, we looked at this in detail back in chapter 3. You could jump up to verse 14, look at it for a moment. Where John wrote, We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brothers. And we found that loving the brothers proves salvation simply because before a person is saved, loving Christians is foreign. It's a foreign concept. I mean, lost people basically don't love Christians. And yet, when you come to Christ, you gravitate toward Christians. You love Christians. And so that proves your salvation right there is what John says. But now also understand that this love, this sacrificial love, it's also demonstrated toward the lost. We cannot just simply say it's only demonstrated toward the saved. It is also, it's also demonstrated toward the lost. And let me just say this, we will get into that even deeper as we just wander and walk through this text over the next couple of weeks. But I want you to understand this early on in the study. But the Christian is the one that has this attitude. Here's the attitude you have if you're a Christian. And that is, what can I do for you? Not, what can you do for me? You're not asking that question. You're asking the question, what can I do for you? But then we need to look at the next phrase as we just continue through this verse. John writes for us, and again, we look at this verse, and it's verse number 7. He says, Beloved, let us love one another. And then he says this. He says, For love is from God. Who's it from? This, this love, this agape, this perfected love, it's from God. Now, here's our point in all this. We ask the question, well, where does this love come from? Is it manufactured by the world? No, it's not. It is absolutely from God. And again, we might even want to ask the question sometimes, well, how can we love like this? Man, this is a very lofty kind of love. How can we love like this? How can we love sacrificially on a habitual basis? How is it that our greatest desire is to be there for others and not have others there for us? How does this work? And the answer is found in the text where John writes. Again, look at it. For love. In other words, this agape, agapeo. This selfless, this sacrificial love, it is from God. That's the answer right there. And again, this is God's love that John's speaking of here. This is not, again, a love that is created by the world. This, again, is not the emotional love that people fall into. It's not a sexual love, a physical love. It's not even some kind of human affection kind of love. It's not a friendship kind of love. This is a love that chooses to love. This is the kind of love it is. It's a love that sees someone, no matter how unattractive that person might be, and yet you see a need, and you go and you meet that need. That's it. And I want you to hear me on this, but this is a love that comes only from God. You're not born with this. And because it's from God, that means that this is 
the Christian that possesses this love and only the Christian that possesses this love. You say, well, I see lost people who have affections for other people who are there for others. But listen to me, it boils down to it is who you are and how you are defined and it is habitual. As a matter of fact, let me just say this. When a person comes to faith in Jesus, at that moment, this love is poured into you. Listen to what Paul says in Romans chapter 5, verse 5. The Apostle Paul writes, God's love, it's agape, that's the word he uses. God's love has been poured into our hearts. He's talking to Christians. God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And so understand, but when a person comes to Jesus by faith, the Spirit of God, of course, now indwells that person. And as God's Spirit takes up residence in the Christian, then one of the items that He just brings with them and delivers to you, God's Spirit delivers love. This perfected love, agape love, this selfless love. But the idea behind what Paul writes there in Romans 5 regarding regarding God's love is that when you were saved, God opened up a floodgate. That's what He did. And just poured all of his love right into your heart, right into your soul. And all of a sudden, you have a love for others like you never had before. It's not about you anymore. It's about other people. That's what it's about. And again, it's a love that the world doesn't know. It's a love that the world doesn't create. It's a love that God has. Because as John writes, this love, it is from who? God. Perfect love, this agape, this love that is sacrificial and it comes from God and it is poured out into everyone that comes to Jesus by faith. Again, that's why in the text, John refers to the church, to Christians as beloved. The Christian is filled up with this love that comes from God, this agape, this sacrificial love. What a gift, really, that that God has given. But let me say that what we have looked at together today really is just an introduction. We have so many more wonderful truths to bring out from the text that again goes from verse 7 to the end of chapter 4, verse 21. And I look so forward to spending the next few weeks just walking us through this piece of Scripture, this Scripture about God's love. And so you have a blessed day, and I will see you again next time as we spend time in God's Word.